2: Yo, technology. What is it all about? I was drinking this Coke, feeling a little bit shaky, and then you know, probably ten meters away, James Corden walks through the door. And you know when people do that on TV, and and you hear that, Woo! like, and as they as that yeah. famous person comes in, I swear I literally heard that in my mind. And then I looked at him, I was like, what this is so cool again like what's happening what is my life anymore
1: hello and welcome to danny in the valley i am your host danny fortson the west coast correspondent for the sunday times and this is our very last episode of 2021 and before we get into that i just wanted to thank you all For your support through another wild year. For listening, for rating, reviewing, telling your friends, all that good stuff. Um, My hope is that this podcast has kept you entertained, informed, educated, and kind of made you feel like you were getting into the guts of what's really happening in the tech world. I really do try to deliver on that tagline, I always say, which is, you know you know, taking you behind the scenes and inside the minds of the top people in tech. That's really what I'm going for. So hopefully I achieve that. And, you know, because this past year we covered a lot of ground flying cars and lab grown meat, living forever, quantum computing, self-driving cars, online dating, NFTs, the business of psychedelics and on and on and on. Anyhow, I just want to say again, thank you for taking this ride with me. And here's to a whole new crop of wild ideas and fascinating characters coming in 2022. And very much in line with that ethos, this week's guest has an amazing story to tell. So on the program, this last one of 2021, we have Ed Beckel. He is 22 years old. He's a Brit and he is the co-founder of Glorify, which is a Christian prayer app. That's right. And it has completely taken Silicon Valley and Hollywood by storm. I came across the company uh, because a few weeks back they announced that they raised $40 million from Andreessen Horowitz, SoftBank, and a bunch of Hollywood A-listers. And I just found this really interesting, not least because neither Hollywood nor Silicon Valley are particularly known as, let's say, God-fearing kind of industries. But he's managed to attract some of the top names in these fields, and so I was just really curious to kind of understand what they're up to and how he managed to do that. So you have a lot of these n- names that you will soon hear about who've made a huge bet on Glorify, and the idea is basically to appify religion, you know, and make a very big business out of it, kind of dragging the church and kind of faith, religion, etc. into the 21st century. And what's more, the story of Ed and his co-founder Henry and how they started this company and who they ended up getting as investors is really, truly hard to believe. It's just kind of an amazing story. So you'll get a kick out of this one, whether or not Glorify ends up becoming this world beater or an also-ran or somewhere in the middle. The story up to this point is truly, uh, it's a great one. You're really going to enjoy it. So without further ado, I give you Ed Beckel, the co-founder of Glorify. Enjoy. So you've had like uh, kind of an insane, not only a few days, but several months. Is that fair?
2: I mean, it's been extraordinary. The last like actually the last year of my life has been something that is like kind of like in, in anyone's wildest dreams.
1: So can we go back to like, how did this all start? why don't we go back further where are you from where did you grow up what's your background and then we're going to get to how how glorify came to be
2: yeah so i was um i'm pretty young i guess you know i'm 22 this is not my it's not my first company i was born in hong kong and moved when i was about eight or nine years old to the uk and then went to school in oxford really from the ages of nine till 18 although my school gave me a special deal when I was 16 that I could spend half my time focusing at school and half my time focusing on my, my companies in, in London and
1: wait 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 hold on hold on so that's <laughs> so you basically were doing school part-time from 16 because you were running other cup comp- you're running companies exactly yeah what kind of companies
2: well I, I built my first when I was probably 14 I'd always been very interested in entrepreneurship and, and just that always exciting and engaging for me. And I then got type one diabetes when I was, you know, maybe, maybe 13, 14. And oh, wow. missed loads of school and thought, you know, why am I already my parents paying so much money in the holidays for me to be taught by these you know, 50 year old PhD professors when actually I live in Oxford. Why couldn't I have a third year university student come and tutor me for a third of the cost? And so, you know, hmm. that was the, semi-advent of uber and and decided to see if i you know like so many people try and build my uber of x and and this was the the uber of education and and, you know connecting you to independent academic tutors and i think what like most things became interesting and valuable to people in the end was the app we built for the tutors which was this neat app-based way for them to manage their scheduling and payments plus find them deal flow in a set radius and that wasn't something people had really done for any independent serviceman, let alone a tutor and that's when things got started. So,
1: are your parents entrepreneurs? You see, you grew up in Hong Kong. How did you end up in Hong Kong anyway?
2: Well, wasn't by choice. Um, so, my, <laughs> my my mom and dad worked out there, and my mom was a you know was a fund manager, which I've been mm-hmm. been corrected on because she's I said an investment manager or something like that. I, don't really, I don't really know, <laughs> right. but that's not the same thing. Right. And then my dad um, was in a, a, advertising.
1: Oh, okay. But they're not themselves entrepreneurs per se.
2: Not really their their own companies in terms of them having the economics of, of the equity. Yeah. But I feel like my my dad was a real entrepreneur in some ways, and he effectively launched his business as a part of another business in in kind of an age of expansion. Yeah, that was always inspiring. I look at my dad, and I think people often ask, like, how did you do this, and how did you get it there so early and young, and so on, and I got that at school a ton, and I, I really think it was my dad just always talking to me like I was an adult,
1: you know? Right, right. So you start this business when you're 14, and does it go well?
2: Yeah, it definitely a huge learning experience like any of these things. Great big teething issues, but I, I got it to a stage where when I was about 16, 17, a relatively large company in, in China wanted to, to license it, and for some money, which was very cool, and it was... Like, huh? This is this is interesting. I guess this is my um, this is my sort of exit, as I like, couldn't raise any money. No one really wanted to fund me back then, and, and I needed it. You know, the, I needed to, to it's a mammoth of a business that I, I wanted to try and start, and I just couldn't get the the, the backing that, that I had to. But I think you know I found scrappy ways to turn it into something.
1: Well, you were, you were like 15, 16. Yeah, I imagine it was hard for you to find investors.
2: <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, I spent so much time actually looking at how to do it and who I needed to meet and I fired off a gazillion cold emails to all sorts of people around the world. And it's, it's amazing because some of them are now investors or at least have been actively trying to invest, mm. which is super cool.
1: You didn't get any investors in that first business until the Chinese deal.
2: No, I I didn't. Although people people had offered me money. I think I yeah. I think I just felt like there was a lot of other things that I could do. But the idea never really felt like it was complete and I hadn't taken it through to fruition. Um that I I, I set something up so shortly after that. After that that deal, I effectively, you know, left school, moved to London and, and built my next app. I mean I've probably built four or five different businesses.
1: Did you teach yourself how to code? Did you study this? Uh, I mean, are you the one actually building these apps?
2: I think um, product's always been where I've, um, where I've excelled. Hmm. And it's really it's on a psychological level that it's been so interesting and important to me, whereby it's, it's creating these journeys that really gets me excited. I, I've always tended to look at building software or apps kind of like art, you know, every every button, every action, you know, it, it evokes some kind of an emotion, some sort of a feeling. And I think often people underestimate quite how important that is when trying to get people to, to, to use your product. Uh, you know, are you creating something, uh, Glorify for instance, that feels, you know, very safe, something that gives you feelings of, you know, happiness or hope as, as soon as you look at it and as you come in and, and it's trying to, you know, building create around that. And I, you know, I've tried my hand in, in, in coding, but I'd never say I was, um, I'd never say I was amazing. It just wasn't where I was, I was really strong. I think where I was strong was just looking and, and, and learning and designing screen by screen to figure out what, what everything should look like, um, in a perfect world.
1: And so the making of the, the designing of these apps, you would kind of, you know, oversee the design and the look and feel and touch of it. But, You'd have other people or friends doing the kind of the technical aspects of it.
2: Yeah, I would, but it, you know, it so much more than um, you know, look and feel. It's that journey from like end to end of which is everything when 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 you're building this yeah. sort of space. And I've built stuff, you know, everywhere from aviation to human resource technology to sales enablement to. Like,
1: <laughs> well, so yeah, that's what I wanted to get before we. Then we get to to glorifying what you're doing there. But so you did this education app, and then you moved to. Le- you've got this Chinese money. <laughs> How much money do they pay? Can you say?
2: I, I I can't, and it's not you know. But it, it, right. honestly, like everyone thinks it was far more than it was. I mean, it was like you know super super <laughs> cool, and you know, and it's it's genuinely like it's hard not to get a little philosophical about things when you're that age and you make any money at all. You sort of start thinking that things are real, and you got control over where you spend your time, what you do, and that was very exciting for me.
1: Right. So you did that. You moved to London. And you start a bunch of other businesses. What were a few of those, just to so get a sense of the other stuff you did, you had done?
2: Yeah. So I um built a sales enablement platform with someone that I I'd met who owned a very large business that just he sold a lot of stuff basically, and mm-hmm. he had lots of sales reps and wanted to to create a way for those sales reps to take all of the thousands of catalogs that they might have and build a prospect-specific PDF that they could send, and then actually track how much time recipients spent engaging inside of that newly customized PDF. So being able to pull products out of all of those catalogs to make something that was specific to a a buyer, but then to to view, well, they spent this much time engaging with this and this and this and, and not this right, and right. to view all that information on a macro was incredibly valuable you know they would have hundreds and hundreds of sales reps sending thousands of emails a month and, and looking at how everything is being consumed to some degree so they could work out how to do stock and and so on and that was yeah i mean with that i i ended up like on half the business and they begun using it for all of their sales which was a lot of money a lot, a lot.
1: Right. And then you said you also did something in aviation?
2: Yeah, I mean, I've done something in aviation. I think the funniest thing after that was I I built Grasp HR, which is an an HR tech company. And it was to a degree, you know, getting to see a lot of what business was like through building that sales enablement platform and and thinking to myself, well, people inside a large corporate environments don't really connect with each other. I look at half the people that work at this big business, and I, I don't really feel a great sense of purpose in in what they're doing. And I think it comes from just not really having tried enough stuff, <laughs> like hmm. and not connecting with enough of the right people where you work, because so many people aren't as proactive as as I've been in my you know in my short career to do whatever it takes to meet people that can help me look at things differently and evolve and, and, and succeed. And like I you know, went off and with the same co-founder of Glorify, Henry Costa, built an app that made smart recommendations of people you should meet within the organization you work for. And based on all we can understand of where you've been, where you're trying to get to and what you're working on right now.
1: So, Grasp HR, you started that. Is that still going?
2: Yeah, it is. So, you know, we, we launched it into some incredible businesses really, really huge ones, you know, with 100,000 plus employee type companies. And wow. I raised money for it. I raised about 5 million pounds three or four years ago. Wow. When that all really begun. And yeah, I sold that earlier this year to Hints of Performance, which I, you know, now sit on the board of, and I'm a co-founder of the group. And that was a, wow. you know, multi-million pound deal uh, for me as an exit, which was like, you know, which was amazing and um, <laughs> just awesome in general, because I've been so lucky to get to spend my time always on things that I'm deeply proud of and I won't, and I won't do anything else. And I'm fortunate enough now to, to be able to consciously make that choice.
1: Yeah. And so you sold that earlier this year, have a nice chunky payday. And so how do you get from there to, to glorify?
2: Well, glorify Henry and I set up at the beginning of the pandemic and we built it for loads of different reasons. I can come from two angles, you know one one is the emotional, the other is the commercial, and emotionally, I think we both felt like it was something that the world really needed in this pandemic. things have been things have been very hard for so many people. It's this idea of disconnecting in in a way that's actually not so good, just feeling like a connection in general, and yeah. so many people today flocking to all sorts of apps like calm and headspace and and undeniably you know amazing meditation apps spirituality apps and so on but they just don't compare to actually having a faith and believing in living in something something greater there's only so much um you know an anxiety meditation might do for you when i think so much of what people have struggled with is this uncertainty especially during the pandemic and that's one thing that a faith in god can can really help you with centering you helping you look and actually stop and feel half the time i think so much of the reason we like, we built it was it's pretty much impossible to be bored today. You're always either on your phone or on your scrolling on TikTok or on Instagram, and you just every time you feel anything, if you're feeling nervous at a party and like no one's with you, or you're actually just like laying in bed and you're bored, you just start scrolling, yeah. and you're in this elevated state of you know anxiety and comparison and and all sorts, and so you, you never really end up stopping and thinking and feeling. And I think so much of what I've done in my career and in my life has come from that amazing kind of centering and, and, and peace or even boredom, you know, you could describe it as sometimes.
1: Yeah, well, we've spoken a lot on this pod over the years about the whole idea of the death of boredom, and how that's not a good thing.
2: <laughs> yeah. Paul, well, it's true. I mean, so I mean, you in terms of self-awareness and um and what you address w- with yourself, it can it can it can come from that.
1: And are you and or Henry? Are you are you both religious, or is it a recognition of just like those broader concepts, or is this something you experience
2: personally? Both, really, really both. Right. So for for Henry, I mean, these are the most amazing kind of career in all themselves and. Of he's he's 10 10 or 11 years older than me and (laughs) the thing I've always admired most in him and I think you need that in any partner in life you know whether it's in business or romantically to admire and and deeply respect who you're you're working with or spending time with and with Henry I've I've always admired his his faith so much Mm. it's been this amazing kind of rock that makes him just so unshakable it's just incredible and I think it's it's hard not to look at faith as this muscle, to some degree, something you got to build and consistently come back to so that when you need it, you've got the tools to, to do something that keeps you right.
1: And so how did you end up coming up with the idea? How did it come together? When did you launch it? Like, how did this all kind of actually turn into what it has become?
2: Yeah, for me, I've always had this ethos around communities online. And mm-hmm. you look at generic social networks like Facebook, Instagram, and they house so many thousands of different communities that are highly engaged with one another, yet are forced to do that within the house that Facebook and Instagram have have created. And, and when I say the house, I mean functionality. That's kind of like, share, comment, etc. And yet so many of these communities could have a, a whole new level of depth of interaction if they had context or community specific functionality created for them so you know for us an example of deepening that that functionality is um being able to pray with each other send someone a a prayer request and and actually see that you know my my mom, mom just prayed for me or doing that daily worship on the app every single day which is really our north star and inspiring people to do the same thing with you i mean the list is literally endless in terms of how deep we can go and that was a lot of the logic behind how we were building, but then the why. And it's one, you know, something that's that's really emotional. And I know that that's what drives so many people that works with us here mm. at Glorify, and especially people sharing the app too, which is, it's something that helps people feel connected, feel safe. That's some of the things that faith can bring you. Mm. And yeah, it was looking at during the pandemic and thinking like, you know, wow. The two and a half billion Christians in the world, how many of them have been like me, i.e., someone that identifies as Christian but maybe only goes to church at Christmas and, yeah. and Easter and maybe one other time, and and that's actually a huge proportion of people who say they're Christian but but don't really have that connection with God, their faith, and and so on, and 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 that's because maybe you look at a church and or and maybe it feels intimidating or you don't like the music and and that doesn't resonate with you yeah. which is what happens to so many young people today and and just people in general and and so that's not what faith was about to me you know god is about something so much uh, so much greater and you can discover him anywhere, you know, literally, and and glorifies just an expression of giving you access to God on your own terms, in a way that is easily consumed and engaging and enables one to build that muscle, coming back every single day, doing that daily worship and really upping your consciousness around the amazing positivity and teachings from the Bible.
1: So you guys come up with this idea at the beginning of the pandemic? When did you launch it? Did it take off immediately? Like how did you get the word out? Like how how did this what was the trajectory?
2: <laughs> yeah, so I was in Brazil and I was I was there visiting someone and I could not stop thinking about how amazing this this whole app would be in Latin America. I'd managed to connect with all sorts of, you know, amazing interesting people who had great followings online and social media and thought, "What well, if I managed to get them to post about this and and yeah, then what would happen people all over the world, to be honest, but like, especially in Brazil and, and the U S and like, yeah, the rest of Latin America, they, their faith, that belief set really dictates how you live your life Yeah. from how you consume media to how you um, date, how you donate, how you invest. It's like, it's, it's pretty incredible. And so I thought if something like glorify was going to get engaged with anywhere, It would be the US and Latin America and Brazil in particular. And so launched it. And yeah, it was pretty good. Like it wasn't exceptional straight away, Mm. but the the data and the numbers were good. And so it was worth kind of iterating continually to see if we could take it to a place that was amazing, you know, and phenomenal. And and that's what ended up happening. We, We were proving that people would come back to this app every single day and would do that for a long period of time. You know, you'd still be using it after three months six months a, a year and finally we had this um this big pasta with a huge social following o- online post about it out out there and it just went haywire and we had like 50 60 70 thousand downloads in the first like 24 48 hours and and, and people stuck around, which was like so cool. And and the reviews and the feedback was extraordinary.
1: Sorry, you said there was a big pastor that posted about it.
2: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, which was, by the way, an example of how you migrate a community from from one network to another. It's exactly what we were doing. And this guy posted and it just went berserk.
1: And presumably, if you were launching it in Brazil, this was in Portuguese?
2: Yeah, we launched it in Brazilian Portuguese there as well as English in the US.
1: Right, and so it starts taking off in Brazil, and then what happens in the u s?
2: Numbers were great. People loved the app, gave it five star review after five star review.
1: How did you get the word out though?
2: Well, that was the thing. the virality wasn't necessarily there, you know, and but fellowship is at the heart of this faith. So you know people would share it, and it was far more viral than we even realized, but you know, tested all sorts of things out from you know paid ads on Instagram and so on to even just going and to big Christian universities and getting people to download it and and see what they thought. And it just kind of grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. And And, and then we had a couple of quite large celebrities out there post about it. And the numbers were great. Awesome conversion, but not like Brazil. Brazil was like on another level, but it was still great in the US.
1: So the Christian universities were going to like Bob Jones University and places like this and just setting up a booth, basically?
2: I can't really say we did that, but it was it was definitely <laughs> um, sending it to a lot of people and trying to really set up focus groups actually at those universities to understand what people really thought. Right, and and people really liked it. There was this great gap, you know. I think another reason why we started it was so much of people's problems today in connecting with God is that paralysis by analysis piece. You don't have a clear action of things to do every day, and so you don't in glorify we've created this framework for your faith so that you can you know without fail come back every day and have something that's engaging for you to do that isn't just to read the bible but is trying to work different parts of your your mind and your heart you know from opening it up and reading a bible passage to then you know having a commentary devotional done immediately afterwards to then a reflection meditation that's based on today's Bible passages. And, right. and that is a nice way of sort of closing that circle in your mind and, and helping you really take in what you've just consumed.
1: And so when did you raise your first round of money for this?
2: Raised our first round of funding now about a year and a bit ago. So honestly, like not that long ago, and we raised about four and a half million dollars Something kind of in, in in that realm, and
1: in the UK or from US investors, or yeah,
2: in in the UK, right? Although I think you know, we had the odd few US investors, and it was an amazing like group of names and, and people, really from also my you know my last company in, in Grasspe HR, and um, like the, the funny worth stories is how I raised that money, even which was honestly like going around sending a trillion cold emails at school and you know a few percent of them might respond and then i'd get my foot in the door and then they'd introduce me to the other you know 97 percent, and these were the biggest people i could possibly google in 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 the world and really in the uk yeah and that just didn't that didn't stop
0: voiceover describes what's happening on your iphone screen voiceover on settings so you can navigate it just by listening books contacts calendar double tap to open
1: breakfast with anna from 10 to 11
0: and get on with your day accessibility there's more to iphone many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey
1: Like, who has invested in this? Are any of those people public? Are those names public?
2: Actually, I don't know. I don't know I mean what i what I can say <laughs> is that um you know we're, we're talking some of the the largest CEOs of all time who I somehow right. managed to worm my way into to connecting to and and they really gave me the time and helped me change right. oh gosh, like so much of what i what I'd previously thought and and helped me prioritize really you know show me what's important and it's not trying to you know go and make lots of money and do x y and z it's actually trying to continually have purpose and meaning in the work that you do um and if you can nail that for real yeah. you're you're going to be you're going to be happy and in a good place
1: and then so how did the second round go how much did you raise in the second round because now it's it's i've seen the number bandied around and things. it's Valued the company at two hundred fifty million dollars, and you have a whole bunch of interesting investors yeah I mean
2: seriously it's that pinch me moment I mean you I said it earlier, I was fourteen fifteen and i 'd be reading about it. all these amazing investors that I wanted to to one day back me and i'm telling you I cold, cold emailed like <laughs> everyone yeah and so now to have people like you know Andreessen like Horowitz, a16 Z back us to you know softbank Latin America or Jason DeRulo, Michael Buble, Chris Jenner, I mean, like the, the names are like by the way, the names that have been released on that press release are like the tip of the iceberg. What's coming, you know, over the next few months of, of the names that we'll release are like it's just it's stratospheric the whole thing. And I think I've I've actually I worked really hard trying to get these sorts of people invested because we you know, we want to build this into a, a cultural movement actually about making believing in God having a faith something that's not just okay but can can really change your life and save you and so you know i've got all kinds of celebrities from every walk of life to go out there and promote glorify and create content for us too and push it out on their their social networks again to sort of migrate those audiences across not take mm. them away but just to give them a separate space to engage you know under this context and that's been really really incredible and i i can't believe it at all we've now raised 40 million dollars plus wow and the cap table is just just amazing
1: right is there one or two moments that stick out in terms of like moments you've had with like a i don't know prominent person that kind of stick in your mind
2: yeah they're endless now over the last few months i've just had so many from like (laughs) from having dinner with jason derulo or me and Michael, but Buble, we probably speak to him every every few days, and like sometimes he wakes me up in the morning, and it's like, right? Oh my goodness, this is so this is so crazy. Me and my dad were listening to him in the car when I was like eight, nine, ten years old, and and now these are just some of the things that I like. I know I can talk about, whereas there are some with literally the largest musicians on the planet to everyone that I. Like the, 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 to, to see me and, and, and chat about what, what we're doing and asked to invest. And it's been, it's been endless. And I was just, well, it's just so, so insanely, so insanely cool. Actually, I think one amazing thing about having a faith, believing in, in, in God is how it makes you also humble yourself no matter what in front of Him. And, and that's incredibly centering and, and, and important.
1: And how do you make money?
2: so right now in glorify there is a yearly subscription a bit like or headspace gotcha so you know it's a sas model but it's really it's, re- it's really just the tree trunk for us like it's the foundation the goal has been very deliberate the the product that you see up until now it has been built in this single player mode proving that people will come back and, and use the app every single day yeah it's, it's also important to note too that it is for every Christian every day. It's not something that we, we're not necessarily, we're not pushing opinion. We're trying to sit above politics and and all sorts. And it's for every, you know, every denomination. And that's amazing. And anyone that wants it for free and can't afford it, we will give it to you for free. And that's not something will go away.
1: Right. And so is the idea, the larger goal, to build effectively like a Christian social network?
2: Yeah, it is. But one that's optimizing for very different things, you know, rather than mass superficial engagement will be always optimizing for deep, meaningful community that probably centers around a, a lot less people, actually. And and so, you know, when we talk about a social network, it's like, when I call this a tree trunk as in this initial product, it is it's it's an audience that. Is transferable and we'll want to use all sorts of other things that we create in this ecosystem later. I I often look at businesses I'm amazing business companies like Facebook and and they have huge community and, and an incredible number of people on that platform and it's like well what binds them all together and when when you ask me that question I don't really have a good answer because there's a lot of reasons and a lot of communities whereas when you look at ours it's this shared belief in in christ to shared belief in god and that is the strongest fabric of all time and and it's also a belief set that that massively influences how you live your life again on, on in terms of the media you consume uh how you date how you donate and how you invest and, and that's just the tip of the iceberg and so you know I, I, through glorify we want to build this world that makes it Easier, more frictionless, I, I suppose, to live in accordance with with that belief set. When today it's it's actually quite difficult to do subconsciously. You end up not necessarily doing that.
1: Yeah. So we can see Christian dating, we can see Christian investing services, etc., all under the glorify. I mean, label. who
2: who knows what's to come, but. Uh, there is a lot to come.
1: Well, I think you do. <laughs> okay.
2: Well, I, I have a, I have a good idea. I have a good idea, but I, I, know I've always got to be, got to be careful before it's out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But we got the backing to do it all. You know, we've got the most amazing, incredible investors, and
1: well, especially with like Andreessen, he still sits on the Facebook board. He has seen this firsthand how you build a network, literally. And also, yeah, and calm and headspace. Those have been huge. I think eye-opening experiences for investors out here of like oh wow millions of people will pay a yearly subscription if they think they're getting something out of it
2: so so true um i just always also believe that people will actually have higher propensity to pay for other things that we create in this ecosystem and you know what what i want to build inside of glorify daily worship as you see it is it's not just like a, a meditation daily worship app the idea is you know, with a lot of apps uh, you know, like Calm and Headspace, etc. there's a clear paid conversion rate, i.e. you've got 90% of the people that download it end up leaving, uh, or more, often yeah. far more than 90%, because they hit that paywall and they decide to go. For us, like, again, the motto is every Christian, every day. And so I don't want to say goodbye to 90% of the base. And in truth, you know, maybe a lot of that 90% will have higher propensity to pay for other things that we create. And so... Well, we've all worked very hard building a, a solid free version that exists as well. And we've got a scholarship program that anyone can apply for. And that's just how we're running
1: things. Have you spoken to the church or churches about, you know, kind of the higher ups? Because it feels like, you know, church attendance in large swathes of the West, at least, is struggling. And as you say, everybody is on their phone all the time. They're just sucked in for hours at a time, it does feel like this is kind of potentially a a new beachhead for the
2: church, Christianity, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I I really think it is. Like your phone is the superpower in so many ways. It's just when left to us, sometimes as there's in terms of guiding it, we don't always end up um, <laughs> doing the greatest things. You know, we we never want to replace the church ever. I mean, we are a supplement to it. It's just there are so many incredible touch points outside of being physically with people that can help uh, deepen uh, one's relationship with with God and uh, the people that I'm close to in that context in that today like it's more often than not where it will really end up getting done is is digitally and that's what the pandemic taught us too is this launched in the UK it is yeah I mean it's, it's globally launched we are in English Spanish and Brazilian Portuguese and how many Christians are there in the world? It's about two and a half billion who identify as Christian, you know. But again, right. like this is – I'm I'm hoping it's for – even if you don't believe in God. Like I, I love what we've built so much because it's about boosting consciousness in some ways of – all the the incredible positivity and teachings that exist within the Bible and, and building that into your morning and night in a way that's engaging, you know? And, and and I just think you build that muscle, that tool. And and when you need it most, you'll, you'll have it and you'll be a better person for it.
1: Right. Well, before you go, you know, on this podcast, we love a good story. And just looking at who your investors are, I know you have some good stories. So give us one or two before we're out of here.
2: (laughs) Well, I think, you know, the craziest one is, is how on earth we've managed to get these sorts of incredible celebrities and names on board and invested in, in helping us promote. And it was crazy because I, I, met, I met one guy who is this awesome technology technology billionaire. Like, I probably can't name him as I haven't got his permission, but he introduced me to two people. He introduced me to Connie Chan at A16Z. And Michael Kivitz, who you know, was this phenomenal Hollywood agent, and I did a call with both of them, and yeah, both of them wanted to invest, which was a dream come true, full stop. And one after another, the stars have completely aligned for for us in, in building this business. And you know, Michael Kivitz then says, "Well, yeah, I want to invest, uh, you know, several million dollars, and, and so on," which was like, "Whoa, this is just like so so cool again." And then not long after that, he said, Ed, um, you know, what are you doing on the you know, the day of the whatever month? And and I said, Well, you know, I'm I'm in I'm in London and Yeah, probably nothing much. And he was like, Well, you know, do you think you'd get over to LA? I'm I'm hosting this dinner and there's about thirty of us and I think you'd really enjoy it. And I said, you know, yeah, I mean that could be amazing and I'd love to get out to LA and meet some of these investors and, and so on. And he said, Cool, cool. I'll put your name on the guest list and I'll send it over right after. And so, okay, like, I, I was like, bit bewildered, excited to go to LA. And the next thing, the, the guest list came through and it was, like, jaw-dropping. It was only A-list celebrities that I, like, I could not even believe that I uh, would was been invited. No one knows who I am. Like, the, the list of names is endless and they are all the most famous people on the planet. And so I'd go to mexico because i couldn't even get to la straight away because of the pandemic and i quarantine of there for two weeks just to get to this dinner i then land in la and it's like an hour before the dinner i'm wearing like i'm sweaty i'm not in a, i'm not in good yeah. shape it's been a long long flight and i literally bring my suitcase and i bring it to the dinner it's a huge a huge suitcase <laughs> because of mexico and so on and i yeah. arrive and i'm like oh my goodness this is real like that is is that actually that's like that's kim kardashian that's that's chloe that's you know there is that's 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 jason derue that's michael buble that's um i I mean i've done it i won't list more of the names but let's just say you can really imagine that it was people only of that sort of um that nature and i was just like starstruck looking (laughs) you know like what, right. whoa, this is this is ridiculous and so what am i meant to do like i just i come in and i uh you know michael is is there and he's a complete hero and and just you know take takes me over and, and introduces me to people and i i have to like go into fight or flight mode and just like forget this person is this person yeah. and um i just start start talking and telling my story and you know, I, I feel like there's so much more in my story that I haven't really told before Glorify and, you know, how, how I've got here. And, um, well, I, I told it to lots and lots of people that night. And I think they could see that I'm in it for the right reasons and I'm trying to build something right. really cool and impactful. And, and and next thing I knew, so many of them wanted to support me. And then I met Michael Buble. And, like, that was the big one for me, you know, after we've yeah. me and my dad. And, and And Michael that night literally became the person that I'd go to if I felt a bit nervous or I just wasn't really feeling, right. feeling it. And so I would just like lock eyes with him and I just go to him. And then I knew like, it's all good, safe. We're fine. Michael Bublé <laughs> became your security blanket. <laughs> yeah. At least, you know, and, and he's become such an amazing friend since then. I just, I cannot believe that it all came from effectively bumping into someone in London who made these introductions that led to all of this stuff and i didn't even know michael kivas could like knew all of these people and could do all of this stuff i was amazed enough initially that he wanted to put this sort of sum of money into us and then so did a16z and then so did literally a, a gazillion other venture capital firms and angel investors and that was like that was it things just went wild from there and and since then it's just gotten crazier and crazier and crazier every single day with people who have a hugely public profile and also have a, a really strong faith, but they don't have a medium that they feel sh- proud to share it through and glorifies becoming this medium that they feel proud to share their faith through. And that's only going to go up and up from here as we continue to build. Like we're a percent of the way through this journey. I'm just, like, always in complete bewilderment at my life. Like, right. you know, James Corden called me before this and said, like, you know, we've got to do something together. We've got to, you know, can we do a podcast? And Or, like, I did Carpool Karaoke with James Corden. That's a story I could tell you that's hilarious. You did Carpool Karaoke? Yeah, but just me and him didn't record it. Like, I can tell you that story. And James is cool with that. Like, I can tell that to you and publicly.
1: I would love to hear that because
2: I, I am a big fan of Carpool Karaoke. So, um... I then went to another dinner that was set up by Michael. On the same trip? No, no, different trip. There are a lot oh, of these okay. that take place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's pretty cool. Every single one it's the same caliber each time. And he's just amazing at, at bringing people together. You know, there's the, the value of introducing people. You only do it if, like, either side there's going to be something. And I know that, I yeah, I guess he feels like that's something that i also bring which is cool yeah he sounds like quite a connector yeah but i mean at the same time i I met michael ovitz that night and michael ovitz is jewish but he was i know he's a controversial uh, character maybe to some but so many of these people i also didn't necessarily know who they were when i met them right and i met met michael and uh, but this was at the first dinner and he was just like, "Have you got anywhere to stay?" Like I had nowhere to stay. I just got off the plane from Mexico after like two weeks quarantine there, and it was just like well, it wasn't the easiest time. And the pressure of knowing what I was about to walk into was was huge. <laughs> and for sure, yeah, we just start talking. And he's like, "Oh, you well, you should come and stay at my, my 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 place here, and and you know we need to chat more and talk about this." And and then I looked him up, and I was like, "Whoa, this is like." every single person I'm speaking to here is like incredibly interesting. So when Michael Ovitz
1: offered for you to stay at his place, you didn't know who he was at the time?
2: No, I didn't. You're just like, oh, thanks. Thanks, sir. (laughs) Yeah. All I knew though is that when I heard his last name, somebody on the team at A16Z is described as the mini Michael Ovitz. And so like to be meeting the Michael Ovitz, he must be like, yeah, must yeah. be pretty interesting and then yeah. i met like i then mean, not i've hung out with him loads ever since and you know he invested in the app and he's always given me really really sound advice and got to know his family yeah, yeah. And his, you know his girlfriend slash you know like partner is, is amazing Tamara mellon who's from the uk who co-founded jimmy Choo, and yeah. that's been a really amazing friendship in my life with so wow. many but, but so many of my friendships are not people my own age and you know it, it's people who are like michael is is a bit older than me you know or, or even yeah, any yeah. of the other people that i i spend time with like now at glorify i've got you know 60 plus people full time and you know i'm I'm the youngest person there like hands down and so how i work how i try and you know lead and make things happen is has been a, a real self-discovery process i've learned a lot about myself in all For of sure. this more than more than anything else but i'll tell you that story really quickly on on, on June. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. i get to this i get to this dinner and i arrive early this time i'm well dressed i'm ready to go you know i've put some um cologne on and um you know <laughs> i'm feeling good it's because it's, it's not my first time yeah and um and i get there early and um and Mike, Michael isn't isn't there yet actually, and so I go and I stand by the bar and I get led into the house and and then I'm sitting there, my blood sugar's a bit low. I've got type one diabetes and I was drinking this coke, feeling a little bit shaky. And then you know, probably ten meters away, James Corden walks through the door, and you know when people do that on TV and and you hear that woo like and as they as that yeah. famous person comes in. I swear i literally heard that in my mind and then i looked at him i was like what this is so cool again like what's happening what is my life anymore How how is any of this real and, and then you know he comes over and, and introduces himself and like just like so many of these people really like he's just the most down-to-earth cool guy ever and and we just started talking about you know my life my history you know what i'm doing because like if you're there you're doing something really really interesting no matter what and then i asked him about like kind of more about what he does and and so on and anyway he's had a really interesting like time and and life and so much of what he's been through comes back to you know comes back to faith comes back to god and and he's got one basically you know he's got a faith and that was that was something i didn't know yeah so I then, um, you know, said, it, "Well, through, that's when Michael Kivas like comes in, and he's just like, you know, All right, James, you know, we, I can help you get invested into Glorify because, you know, he's he's brought so and just to make allocation because my rounds, like what we've done in Glorify, so oversubscribed, it's insane. So anyone that's on the cap table that we let in has to have." Incredible value, one way or another. You know, we'll give you allocation yeah. in the round, and 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 hopefully, you know, you'll help us do X, Y, and Z at the same time because you know the money isn't the thing that's um, that we we're really needing. Yeah. And so, you know, James he gives me his number and sends me a text, and you know, I send him one back. And the following day, he sends me a message and he's like, "Hey, do you want to meet up and 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 you know come to this event with me?" And so I I went to this event, and he was like, "Meet me here," and so I got an Uber there which and the location was at the late late show and um i'm like waiting outside security i can't come inside because of the um like because the pandemic and the restrictions and stuff and he's just like i'm coming out like one second and then he drives and then like i see him in this in you know in this like range rover and like he rolls down the window and it's like i hear the music again being like whoa you know like the <laughs> like first yeah. and so he's get in just like in the carpool karaoke and so jumped in the car and we just went driving around and like we're talking about life and faith and god and what we want to do with all this why it's so important that something like this exists and how he could get involved and so then you know we go to this event together and 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 then like that was crazy in itself to be there with him and then jump back in the car again and we go have dinner at like some cool restaurant and just talk talk and talk and talk and we were there for yeah, you know, we spent hours and hours and hours together, and he's just, it's like, just such an amazing, real human being. He's sent me a message, mm. you know, the following day, just saying like how cool it was getting to hang out and how like, let's be let's be true real friends because there are a lot of fair weather friends out in L.A. and mm. I think I've been able to really see. Well, I guess i I've I've only really had fair weather so far, but I think. And you can tell when people are really genuine and yeah. he, Michael Boulay Jason Derulo, like Chris Jenner they're really really sweet and amazing to me and so I've got nothing but, but good things to say
1: Wow! and did you actually guys do any singing and if so what did you say
2: <laughs> uh, well we uh, we did listen to a little Coldplay and then um, the odd song word may have slipped out from, from both of us <laughs> um, <laughs> That's
1: brilliant. And that is all the time we have. I want to thank Ed of Glorify. As I said, I told you, crazy story. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you again for all of your support during this whole year and the previous years. We will be back in the new year with a whole new slate of good stuff for you guys. So please have a fantastic Christmas, New Year's. Stay safe, stay sane. (laughs) And we'll see you in 2020. 22. Bye-bye.